Well, good morning again. It is so good to see you here this morning. Thank you for gathering together to worship with us. And as you know, we began a series in the book of James a couple of months ago. As we've been away, we've been studying the book of James together. And I want to ask you to take your Bibles and find the New Testament book of James. Today we're in James chapter 3. We'll look at the second half of James 3. James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. You know, James introduced a concept to us in James chapter 1. He tells us in James chapter 1, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all. In other words, if we feel like we need wisdom, that God is willing and able to grant us that request, He gives wisdom to His children when we ask for wisdom. And here in James chapter 3, the last half of that chapter, James fleshes out this concept a little bit more completely. Here he talks about wisdom from above. And he contrasts the wisdom from above with worldly wisdom, godly wisdom and worldly wisdom, heavenly wisdom and earthly wisdom. And today from James 3, I'm preaching on this subject this morning, we need wisdom. I'm going to say it again just, just for emphasis, we need wisdom. Today, James chapter 3, verse 13, we'll read to the end of the chapter. If you've got it and you're ready, say amen. James writes, Who's wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, There will be disorder in every evil practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Remember this morning the powers and the perfect word of God. Would you join me as we pray? Father, speak to us today through the power of your word. Teach us, transform us. And give us the wisdom that comes only from you, the wisdom from above, as we seek to bring you glory with our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. In May of 2012, there was a ruby ring sold at an auction. It was owned by a lady named Lily Safra, who is by far one of the wealthiest women in the entire world. Estimates were that this ring would sell at auction between three to five million dollars, but when all was said and done, this ring sold for six point seven million dollars. One ruby ring, almost seven million dollars. Can you imagine? But you know what the Bible tells us about wisdom? The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter eight and verse eleven that wisdom is better than rubies, and the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. Really? Seven million dollars or wisdom from above, which would you choose? The Bible also tells us in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 16, how much better to get wisdom than gold, to get understanding it is to be chosen rather than silver. And in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 11, it says, if you can get anything in this life, get wisdom. It matters more than what the world has to offer. When we hear these verses, we may begin to think, this is a little bit of exaggeration. This is a little bit of hyperbole. Do you really believe that wisdom is more valuable than gold, more valuable than silver, more valuable than rubies? Put, put it in today's terms. Is it more ba- valuable? 
valuable than, than stocks and bonds? Is it more valuable than a big bank account? Is it more valuable than the nice house or the boat or the, the car? Is wisdom really more valuable than anything the world has to offer? First, we might think it's exaggeration, but then when you look at our world, when you see the brokenness of our world, when you see racism, rioting, division, people dying in the streets, when you see chaos and confusion and anger, what I begin to see is that the wisdom from above is in short supply in our country. That we need wisdom. Our leaders need wisdom. Our churches need wisdom. Our country needs wisdom. I need wisdom. As I look at the world, I begin to realize and understand that one of the reasons wisdom is so valuable is because it's so rare. It's hardly found anywhere. It is priceless. It is precious. We need the wisdom from above. The Bible tells us if you lack wisdom, ask of God who gives generously to all. You know, the wisdom of the Bible... The wisdom that arises out of the Judeo-Christian ethic, it's a wisdom that says, love your neighbor as yourself. That's godly wisdom. The wisdom that arises out of Scripture from the heart and mind of the Lord, it's the wisdom that says, bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. What if we all begin to live like that based on the wisdom that the world has to offer? The wisdom of God transforms us from the inside out. Wisdom is far more valuable than anything this world has to offer. Let's dive into James chapter 3, the last section of that chapter, and talk about what genuine godly wisdom looks like. I'm going to ask a few questions as we walk through this text. Number one, where does true wisdom come from? Where does true wisdom come from? James says, On more than one occasion in this text, he describes it like this. True wisdom is wisdom from above. In other words, this wisdom comes from the Lord, that that God is the source of real, genuine wisdom. There is a wisdom the world offers, and there's a wisdom that God offers, and true wisdom is wisdom from above. James does not leave us guessing about the source of true wisdom. He tells us it's not found in a textbook or a classroom. It's found in the Word of God. As the Spirit of God speaks to your heart, it's found from the Lord. That's the source of true wisdom. And so educated people, you've known many educated people, but because of their education, they are proud, and because of their pride, they deny the Lord. And so you can have a lot of knowledge, but not have wisdom. You've known a lot of people that are prominent and important, have a lot of experience, maybe they're public servants, and and you look at someone like that because of their, their pride, maybe they've denied the Lord. They don't have any wisdom. There's no amount of education, no amount of experience, Getting elected to Congress, that doesn't give you wisdom. We know. Look at Congress. Getting elected doesn't give you wisdom, right? So what is it in life that gives us wisdom? It comes only from the Lord. You can't sign up for this class at a university and walk out saying, I've finally got wisdom. The wisdom that the the Lord offers. Man, it comes from God. It comes from the Word of God. It comes from the Holy Spirit. And so let me, let me see if I can apply this to our current situation. If I'm going to live according to the wisdom of God, James chapter 1 and verse 19 says, Let everyone be quick to 
hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Social media really helps with that, doesn't it? Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. And so as a, as a pastor, when I see the brokenness in our world, when I see the issues that we're facing, if I'm going to live in wisdom, I have to realize that one of the first things I need to do when I see the brokenness and sinfulness of the world is I need to take a step back. I need to be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. I don't need to feel like the world immediately needs to hear my voice every time there's a crisis. I need to take a step back and learn, listen and learn, allow the Holy Spirit to speak and to work in my life so that then, through the Lord's leadership, I can begin to speak in a way that honors and glorifies Him. This is true, genuine wisdom from above. See, don't be driven by what you see on the news every night or what you see on social media or what you see happening around you. Be driven by the Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God. That brings genuine wisdom in your life. Where does wisdom come from? Wisdom comes from God. Just, just this week, one of the things that I did is I, I decided to call a few people that I love and respect from all different racial backgrounds just because I wanted to be quick to hear and slow to speak. And I wanted to understand, the, why, why are we experiencing this brokenness? Ultimately, we know it's a result of sin. And I wanted to gain wisdom. And I wanted to learn from the Lord. Where does wisdom come from? Wisdom comes from above. The second question is, what does, what does true wisdom look like? What does true wisdom look like? James spends the, the bulk of his time in this section contrasting true wisdom and false wisdom. He talks about the wisdom of the world and the wisdom the Lord offers. And James talks a lot about genuine wisdom and false wisdom. And I'm telling you, the world has an opinion on every topic, on every issue, every single day, and every news cycle. You are not going to be in short supply of opinions. All you need to do is ask. Right? If you're on Facebook, if you just say, hey, I want your opinion, you're going to get a lot of comments because folks love to give their opinion about every situation, about every circumstance. All you have to do is ask. But I'm tired of the opinions of man. I need the wisdom of God. And so if I'm going to live in light of the wisdom of God, what does that wisdom look like? Here he compares and contrasts world's wisdom, God's wisdom, and they could not be more different. Look, first of all, at worldly wisdom. We see this in verses 14 through 16. Paul describes this in 1 Corinthians 1 as the wisdom of this world. The wisdom that the world has to offer. Warren Wiersbe said, don't be confused the world's knowledge and the world's wisdom. There's a great deal of knowledge in this world, but there's not much wisdom. Man unlocks the secrets of the universe, but he does not know what to do with them. Almost everything he discovers turns against him. Over a century ago, Henry David Thoreau warned, man has improved means to unimproved ends. Think about that. We are advancing technologically, but are we advancing as a society? We have all sorts of discoveries and inventions and all sorts of advances in all sorts of fields, medical and technological and educational and various other ways. But it seems to me that at the heart of who we are as a nation, we are crumbling and falling apart 
because we are depending on worldly wisdom. Listen to this description as he paints the picture of worldly wisdom. It is an ugly picture. Look at verse 14. We'll read to verse 16. Here's what worldly wisdom looks like. If you have bitter jealousy, selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above. It is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where there's jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. You see the description of worldly wisdom, bitterness, selfish ambition, anger, deceit, jealousy. All of these things come from the world. Zoom in on verse 15 and look at how James describes worldly wisdom. He uses three words. In verse 15 he says, it is the end, earthly, unspiritual, demonic. You know the Bible tells us that there are three great enemies the Christian faces? In multiple places, 1 John, here in the book of James, and various other places. You see it all the way back to Genesis chapter 1. You see it in the temptation of Christ. We face the enemies of the world, the flesh, and the devil. The world, the flesh, and the devil. These are the things that come against us as followers of Jesus Christ. Now notice how James describes worldly wisdom. What does he say? It is earthly, the world. It is unspiritual, fleshly. It is demonic. Think about this now. The world, the flesh, the devil. Earthly, unspiritual, demonic. James says the wisdom that this world has to offer comes from the devil. He's the father of all lies. He sows dissension and discord and seeks to tear apart where Christ wants to bring together. Worldly wisdom is contrasted then with, with godly wisdom. Look at, look at the picture that, that he gives you here. He says the wisdom of the world leads to bitterness and anger and jealousy. The wisdom of God leads to love and grace and mercy. The wisdom of this world leads to strife and every vile practice. The wisdom of God leads to loving one another. So we have worldly wisdom. Next we have godly wisdom. And here in verse 17 he shows us this stark contrast. Look at what he says in verse 17 about godly wisdom. Look at this. The wisdom from above is first pure then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. I'm not sure there could be a greater contrast. Over here, verse 14 through 16, what the world offers, what the enemy offers. Verse 17, beautiful picture of what's offered in the Lord Jesus Christ. As I, as I look at worldly wisdom, it leads to selfish ambition and anger. What does godly wisdom lead to? Pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason. When I studied James 5, I was struck. When I studied James 3, I was struck by the similarity between James 3 and Galatians chapter 5. You familiar with Galatians 5 where Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit? Paul contrasts the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. And, and James contrasts worldly wisdom and godly wisdom in James chapter 3. And so look at it like this. Worldly wisdom comes as a result of the works of the flesh. Godly wisdom comes as a result of the fruit of the Spirit. And look at the contrast. First of all, read verses uh, Galatians 5, read verse 19 through 21. The works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger. Listen, listen now. Rivalries 
dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warned you and I've warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is the way of worldly wisdom. It leads to the works of the flesh, division, dissension, anger, envy, strife. Then the way of God, the fruit of the Spirit. Look just, just another verse beyond, verse 22 and verse 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Against such things, there's no law. You see the contrast between man's way and God's way. Worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. And Paul says, if we are going to walk in the Spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. But if we refuse to crucify the flesh, and if we refuse to walk in the Spirit, these are the things that we will see in our lives. What does true wisdom look like? It gives us a clear contrast. So as I look at this, I'm reminded I desperately need the wisdom of God in my life. When I look at my life, my attitude, my actions, my words, my deeds, when I lay this text over my life, do I see the works of the flesh or the work of the Spirit? Do I see the wisdom of God or the wisdom of man? Do I see that I'm doing everything I can to live in the power of the Holy Spirit and to walk in light of the Word of God? Do I see the wisdom from above evidenced in the fruit of the Spirit in my life? First of all, where does true wisdom come from? From above. Secondly, what does true wisdom look like? We see that in verse 17. Third and finally, what does true wisdom lead to? What does true wisdom lead? lead to. We see this in verse 13 and verse 18. The bookends of this passage. Verse 13 to verse 18. What does true wisdom lead to in my life? You see, wisdom is not just about what you know. It's about how you live. Genuine wisdom is not just about information. It's about transformation. And Remember, James is talking about how real faith is worked out in everyday life. How genuine faith leads to godly behavior. That's the theme of the entire book. When faith works, that's what we've been talking about. That faith leads to genuine godliness. And here he says, if you're going to follow Christ and you're going to have genuine wisdom, if you're going to have wisdom from above, it's going to lead to good conduct. You see that in verse 13? Who is wise and understanding among you? By his Good conduct. Let him show his works. Do you see that? So what does wisdom lead to? Godly wisdom leads to good conduct. See, it's not just about knowledge. It's about action. One commentator says, as James continually emphasizes the person who professes to be a Christian must prove it by works, his daily living. If he's a true believer, he'll possess the Lord's own wisdom. And that wisdom will manifest itself in righteous, selfless, peaceful living. Look at that. Righteous, selfless, peaceful living. The wisdom from above. Then what does he say in verse 18 about the wisdom from above? I love this phrase. Look at verse 18. A harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. What does wisdom look like? Man, you probably want to circle that in your Bible. Harvest of righteousness. James paints a beautiful picture. James was probably an excellent preacher. He would give a principle and then he'd paint a picture, give a story to explain what he's talking about. And here he does just that. 
He talks about a harvest of righteousness. Well, you know what a harvest is. A harvest comes after you plant seeds. And so James is saying, as you plant the seeds of wisdom in your life, you will reap a harvest of righteousness that's been sown in peace by those who make peace. You want to live a life full of peace and joy? Then plant the seeds of wisdom in your life. Think about it. You plant seeds every day by where you go and what you see and what you do, what you listen to, what you watch. You're planting seeds every single day. And when the harvest comes, will you reap seeds of righteousness, a harvest of righteousness, or will it be a harvest of ungodliness and fruitlessness? See, it's a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And the Bible tells us an important principle. You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. And so each and every day, you are living a life and sowing seeds. What we are is what we live, and what we live is what we sow. What we sow determines what we reap. And if we live in God's wisdom, we're sowing righteousness, we're sowing peace, and we'll reap God's blessing. If we live in worldly wisdom, do you know what he says we will reap? Disorder and every vile practice. You get to choose what you plant each and every day. You choose. What does true wisdom lead to? Godliness, faithfulness, a harvest of righteousness. There's an old Indian legend of a king who loved to play chess. And he would challenge the wisest and the smartest people in his kingdom. He very rarely lost. So even when when traveling sages would come through his kingdom, he would challenge these wise men and women to a chess match. One day, a, a very wise, noble, honorable man was traveling through his kingdom. And he challenged the man to a chess match. And in order to entice him to play, he said, If you beat me, I will give you anything you ask for. The wise sage decided to play. The king lost. He wasn't used to losing, but he lost. So he said, I'm a man of my word. I'll give you anything you request. The sage looked back at the king, emptied off the chessboard and said, I want one grain of rice doubled on each square of the chessboard. The king felt like that was a noble and honorable request, fairly easy to meet. So he told his subjects, go gather a bag of rice. And they placed one grain of rice on the first square. So this is what it would look like. One on the first, two on the second, then to four on the third, then to eight, then to 16, and so on. Seemed like an honorable, easy request to meet until by the 21st square, it was demanded that a million grains of rice be placed. And then by the 31st square, over a billion, you're not even halfway through the chessboard, over a billion grains of rice were required. And the king said, this is absolutely impossible to meet. Sometimes it seems in our lives we take very little things, but when added up over time, they make a very big difference. Listen carefully. When you take the wisdom of God and you begin to apply it to your life, and you take the Holy Spirit of God and begin to walk in the Spirit, you have exponential increase in your life as God leads you. Living in light of God's wisdom. 
And it may seem like small things, bit by bit and piece by piece, but God can multiply them and give you a harvest of righteousness, something that you would never expect. Wisdom may seem small, but I'm telling you it adds up. Can we just admit this morning, we need wisdom. Hey, as a church, we need wisdom. As a pastor, I need wisdom. My family, we need wisdom. We all need the wisdom of God that transforms our lives as we seek to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the wisest choice you ever make is to repent of your sins and place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You see, if you're here today and there's never been a time in your life where you've trusted in Jesus, there's no way that you can have godly wisdom. You don't have access to this wisdom unless you've got a relationship with God. When you have a relationship with God, He'll grant you His wisdom from above. Has there ever been a time in your life where you've repented of your sins and placed your faith in Christ? Maybe today, for the first time, you need to trust in Jesus. The Bible tells us that we're sinners. We're separated from God as a result of sin. That sin has built a, a great barrier, a vast chasm between sinful man and holy God. But the Bible tells us that, that God did something about that through Jesus Christ, that He sent His one and only Son, Jesus, to die on the cross, a death we deserved as a result of sin. He lived the life, the perfect life that we couldn't live. But the Bible says He did not stay dead. He rose again on the third day. And now He offers salvation to all who repent and believe. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, we can be saved. We can be rescued. We can have access to this godly wisdom that comes from above. 